Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Just waiting on you, Catherine Taylor. Just waiting, Just waiting on, on you. <laughs> Just waiting on me to find the record. But every week we do this. And every week I'm like, where's the record button on Zoom? It's kind of funny when you think about the literal repetitiveness of this. Like, it's not like, it's not, it's literally not new. <laughs> every week. Every and you're always week. like, where's the damn record button? So, so good. So good. Hey, I have to tell you that I don't know, um, you know, I know like Instagram, like my phone listens to me. Right. So it's like, yeah, you'll say something and then you go on your phone and then all of a sudden there's an ad for it when you open up social media. Sure. Microphones (laughs) had like a whole podcast set up with like headphones and the cool boom arm mic. And yeah, I was like, Oh, oh, that looks super cool. I could be so pro and get that. Literally almost bought it. And I was like, nobody sees that. (laughs) Well, you could take selfies of yourself while recording. Oh my God. Yeah, that sounds just like me. Exactly. A hundred percent. I I think it's kind of funny when people have the super professional podcast, like I have a microphone, but the super professional podcast setups because- Unless you're like bringing a guest in the studio, like the sound quality isn't the same with mm-hmm. the guest often because right. of where they are. And yeah, so it, it just, it, it almost creates an experience where one is so much higher quality than the other, that it sounds a little weird to listen to. And well, I just thought it was funny. Cause all of a sudden I was like considering myself a professional. <laughs> I'm gonna come on one day and you're going to have like the boom microphone. and headphones. <laughs> I got to find something to Lights. borrow. Cause I think, you, <laughs> I think you would die laughing <laughs> if you came on and I'm like uber pro. <laughs> so. I know that's anyway. hilarious. <laughs> well, uh, but you're not in your podcast studio today. Is this I, important? Uh, if, if people surely know that that, that means closet, right? <laughs> like you've listened to at least the, the rhetoric on that. Um, no, I'm back. I'm, I'm, uh, back in at 1701 in my house. So. Oh, well now I know where to find you. Yep. 
not hard. <laughs> Being a realtor and, and with Unbound, it's not hard to find me. <laughs> so. yeah. uh, there's a lot coming out this week. So you said that the the by the time this comes out, everybody will know who's in Unbound. Yep. <laughs> True statement. <laughs> You're like, still don't email me. Email me. If you email me when you hear this, it's too late. <laughs> Unless you want to go to tr- crush, crush, unless you want to go to Crusher, yeah. <laughs> that's hard to say. Crusher, Crusher and Oh, I love the name. Late in the day. Um, tired. Yeah, we we you know we, we're going to work on women's participation there. So, yeah, I love it. That's a good. Yeah, that's a good a good plan. I, I had, and this is just another side note because um, we talk a little bit about that when we when we go on to the interview here with Rebecca Bro, but um, uh. I did a quick interview today with um, one of our local authors who's actually has started her own publishing company called Metal Art Press and does a phenomenal job. And they have a, they put out a book um, quarterly or biannually, I can't remember which one it is, um, called 105 or 105. And that's for the number of counties in Kansas. Um, and their goal is to get writings from each of the counties represented. But anyway, the next issue is featuring, it's focused on bicycling. So she came in to talk to me and that's so fun. It was, but she, you know, the, the big questions she was asking were all about getting women on bikes and, and where my, all over the place lately. I know. And where my passion came from that and going back to 200 women, 200 miles and, and just, you know, it's, it's obviously a subject for me when I start talking about, I, it's very hard for me to not get choked up and get teary eyed because it's just. I really am passionate about it, but then talking to her, realizing that as far as, as these little steps we've made, we still just, we just still have a long way to go. So, yeah, I'm doing a, I think I've told you, I won't say the name of it, but I've been doing the cycling, this winter cycling program and it just, it has such a dude vibe to it, which is okay, which is fine. Except for, I'm like, I don't know, like if this was your first foray into something as a woman, would you be like, is this cycling? Like some guy on the, um, the, the thing, like this live webinar last night wrote, you people would know this. If you read, if you paid attention to the workouts, <laughs> like somebody asked a question, and I was like, wow, why, why, why do you, why, like, why do you care enough to put another human in the trash can for that? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, um, but yeah, creating those like safe spaces for women to show up, but also like really challenge themselves. It's a hard balance to do. It takes a lot of freaking work. Yeah. And so, yep. It's, it's really worth it. I think, um, we're going to be doing, um, we've been doing a lot of stuff with our Bentonville getting ready for the gravel festival and like, how's that going? I know it's, good. it's, it's going good. We're about to announce some really big partners. In the next few weeks, I'm trying to think when this comes out. I don't think we'll have that announcement quite yet, but we're going to have some really fun people. They're oh, helping good. us lead. I actually just talked to Marley Blonsky. She's going to be one of our ride leaders. Nice. Uh, she's moving to the Bentonville area. I hope that wasn't a secret, Marley. I don't think it's a secret. <laughs> um, yeah. And then there's some, well, Celine's going to be there helping us lead. Celine Yeager, you're going to be there. Um, oh. so I, that, that right there, people. That right there. <laughs> 
And then the company that that's coming on as our presenting sponsor, they're bringing in like this really rad pro women. I don't think a woman that I don't think a lot of people know and this amazing female mechanic, like one of the best in the business is going to be there helping us, but also like teaching some clinics. So I'm getting really excited about it. Amy's really making this happen. <laughs> she just is like, Catherine, you have too many ideas. Just sell the festival. And then she tells me what else to do. <laughs> so, so yeah, we have a little, little under a hundred spots left. I, I oh, didn't good. push it super hard with the beginning of the year. Cause you know, everybody was a little bit um, gun shy with Omicron, but we're going to start doing some big promos again. So cool. if you're listening to this, come see us. Let's hang out in Bentonville. Let's hang out in Bentonville. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to do lots of skills, some fun riding and some awesome parties. So boom. Yeah. So today's guest. I knew that you were going to make that connection to the party. (laughs) I did it. I did not. I just was thinking, oh, you only have a few minutes to finish up our intro. So I was just trying to move it along, but yeah, you're right. If you, if like we've got, I, I, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't want to be known for her partying because that's not, you know. Well, we had a whole side conversation about beer. So it wasn't about partying. It was like enjoying a good beer after after a ride. Connections. Yes. Yeah. So we had Rebecca Bro of the Ride or Die Collective on. I'm laughing because we were like, bro. Um, She was on the joke too. And it's just really fun to see what they've built in Boulder mm-hmm. with the women's cycling community and how, you know, they have over 500 women in their network and how they put together rides and have built partnerships. And so if you're thinking all about um, starting a ride in your community, she has a lot of great tips of how to get some sponsors on board, um, how to create community, all those fun things. So I think, and she's just got a fascinating story. Like she's pretty much a new cyclist and was like, and I think I'll start leading these massive group rides yeah. as I start learning to, to ride my bike. Yep. Good stuff. So, so we'll get on to today's interview with Rebecca Bro. Christy, have you ever been out riding and stopped at a sketchy gas station and been like, eh, I want to go in, but I don't know what to do with my really expensive, nice bike. Uh, yes, that always stinks. Those situations are never fun. I know. And especially if you're by yourself and there's nobody to stay outside and watch the bike for you. Yeah, exactly. You, like have to drive right by that nice cold Coca-Cola <laughs> or bag of potato chips. Well, I have a feeling we have a way to fix that. We do. We have a brand new podcast sponsor. Auto lock. Auto lock. So auto lock is a company that creates these great locks. They're cinch locks. So they're small, lightweight, and easy to carry and they all have combination lock codes so you can put it in your bike bag you could even just leave it strapped around your seat post and Perfect. it just makes it easy to lock your bike to anything or even somebody else's bike it's ideal for theft deterrent um all the locks have kevlar in them so they're really hard to cut and i think it's just great to have an option wherever you are to always have a lock with you yep and the cool thing is, is they're giving all of our listen listeners a chance at 25% off if you want to buy a cinch lock. Well, I think it's any of their locks on their website. Oh, that's awesome. So, even better. I know. Cause they also have that, um, you lock on there as nice. well. So if you need something more heavy duty, if you're riding around in a city, so you just go over to autodesignworks.com and you're going to get 25% off at checkout and free shipping for us customers only. 
if you use the code girls gone gravel at checkout again it's autodesignworks.com and 25 percent off with girls gone gravel at checkout auto lock hide it in your sock take it around the block we always just sit here and look at each other. Maybe we should have Rebecca start the podcast this week since we just look at each other to see who will start. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, welcome. This is Girls Gone Gravel. No. Boom. She's Somebody just lost their job. <laughs> I have a feeling that's me. <laughs> it could be me. Hi, Catherine. How are you? I'm good. And we already heard from our guests. So we have Rebecca Bro with us. Um, so we're really excited to talk to her. She is out of Boulder, Colorado and has some really rad group ride stuff going on out there. Is that where yeah. we're starting with the really rad group ride stuff? No, yeah, I want to hear more about Rebecca. I jumped the gun. I got I know. Excited. I was going to say, wait a second. You did this out of order. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, Rebecca, you're the new <laughs> podcast co-host. Catherine has been fired. <laughs> we send out an agenda. So we just have, or a bit of an itinerary. We can check the box. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, Sorry. No. Okay. Rebecca, you're, you're fired. Back. Catherine, you're back in. <laughs> I'm back. I knew, I knew that would get me back. <laughs> I like oh, it. No, 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 no. Christy doesn't do agendas. <laughs> <laughs> Let me come work for you. Then. There you go. That's great. No, I do agendas, but just not for Girls Gone Gravel. This needs to be really, we just want to hear about you. So that's, that's where we want to start is who's Rebecca Bro? How'd you get into biking? Yeah. yeah. Why, where did you get that incredibly rad polka dot shirt? Like those kinds of things. <laughs> well, thank you, Paula Bro, for this polka dot shirt. Also comes in another color that she sent me. So she oh, didn't nice. pulled it out of the closet. Um, yeah, so Rebecca Bro, who am I? Uh, how'd I get into cycling? Pretty recent, actually. Um, I got into cycling as recent as I started Ride or Die Collective, I would say. Oh, wow. Um, so it was kind of an all-at-once thing, but I do have a sports background, um, somewhat of an endurance sports background. So I grew up as a competitive swimmer. Um, that seems to be a pretty normal transition for a lot of women into you know this kind of endurance sports world. So I swam since I was six years old till I was oh, t- about 20 years old. Um, and then I decided I'm over it. It was a lot. It was um, pretty competitive from a young age. And then I got into triathlon. So I lived in Boulder. And then when I graduated school, I moved to New York City, which was whew, a nightmare, I would say. A bit of a nightmare. It definitely was not my vibe. I think it was something I should have done a little bit um, younger. I also graduated later. I took some time off in between. So I've kind of been a little bit nomadic, a little bit gypsy throughout my 20s. And then when I came back into Boulder, um, I met a group of women who were all professional athletes. And that's kind of the Boulder bubble in general. And I wanted to hang out with them. So they were like, hey, you used to swim, join triathlon. So I said, sure, the biking thing seems easy. So the first first bike I ever bought was an aero bike. And I remember I started dating my, um, you know, now I would consider my life partner. And I'm like, hey, will you come check out this bike with me? And, you know, he's telling me to sit in the aero bars. And I was like, I just pretended that the bike fit me so perfect that I didn't even need to sit in the aero bars, but I didn't know how to sit in the aero bars without falling off the bike. Oh, okay. So that was my first um, bike that I ever bought. Triathlon lasted Oh boy, six months. 
Um, and then I got over that pretty quick. I think I did like three races. I got up to the half Ironman and basically said that running part at the end is where I'm not really digging it anymore. Um, and then I bought myself a road bike, um, started doing some group rides out of a local shop called Full Cycle here. Um, I still lead a lot of our rides out of Full Cycle. They're fantastic partners. I'll also say the biggest perk of that bike shop is that it is also a bar. So it's a great place to start and a ride. And um, then I feel like I'm going through this really quick, giving you my bio. Um, oh, you're great. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Then the pandemic hit. And I think that's kind of when I started getting serious about cycling because it was like the outlet, you know, I'm stuck in my house. What do I do? Um, and I didn't really get off my bike. So I would ride on the trainer. I'd ride outside. I bought all the gear. I got very, very addicted. Like everyone does, um, with this sport or most people do with this sport. And I noticed that there was kind of a, a gap in who, who I kept seeing riding outside or who I kept seeing in group rides. And I guess kind of to backtrack a little bit, I started leading group rides really before I knew how to ride a bike too from full cycle, because I would hop on some of these rides and realize I'm the only girl. So I thought, Hey, representation is really important. I'm just going to fake it till I make it. I'm going to get on this ride. I can, you know, create a route. I know these roads. Um, and then that's when the pandemic hit, that's kind of when all that shut down. And I just said, well, you know, it's a time to figure out what my passion is in life when we're all soul searching and figuring out, you know, what we want to do with these extra hours we kind of had in the day in the original when the pandemic was really hot and heavy. Um, and to me, that was getting more women into cycling. So getting more women on bikes and getting more women to race lines. And last year was my first year of racing. I had a blast. I think I, I did them all. I was like super excited. My second race was unbound, which <laughs> I don't know if I'd recommend for anyone's second race to sign up for a 200 mile race. Um, but it was epic. I made it to 158. No shame. Um, it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever done. My first bike race, I got second place with my teammate. So I said, Oh, I'm a natural. This will be fine. <laughs> uh, Sign me up for that 200 mile thing. <laughs> yeah. Then I quickly got it handed to me and was like, you know what? I think you got to put in a little bit more work to flourish at some of these or just to finish either way. Um, so yeah, so Ride or Die came about, um, basically me sitting down and thinking, okay, well, you know, I, I come from a marketing background. So, so how am I going to market this group? How am I going to cater to people, especially when we really can't be around people? Um, and I thought, okay, well, let's go to the gram. That's like one thing I feel like I can do pretty well. I'm good at shiny graphics. I'm good at messaging. Let's get it out there. Um, and it was about three of my close friends who I rode with before, and that's kind of how it started. And then we, then we, then we started planning some group rides and we were doing a weekly group ride. And there was like five of us. And I said, Ooh, this is amazing. And it wasn't even really like ride or die collective at that point. It was just some girls on bikes and we were hanging out. And then fast forward 2021 international women's day was our first kickoff ride. And I had 70 women show up nice. and I was like, holy cow, this for sure is a need then. Um, you know, if this amount of women showed up for a group ride, I've never seen more than five hop on, you know, like a group of 20 or something. Um, 
And I think we did it right. We, we did an RSVP link. So I wasn't too shocked the day I showed up. I was more so shocked the day before and did a straight panic of what am I going to do for all these people? Um, and we cater to everyone. So that's kind of the, the differentiator, I think, to some of us. So we have A, B, sometimes C, road and gravel. Because, you know, a lot of people may have just a tri bike and that's not comfortable on going on gravel or maybe just have a road bike or commuter or whatever. Um, so I wanted to make it feasible for everyone to come out. And then I begged all my friends to help me. So we always have a ride leader and a ride sweep and we're teaching people along the way about, you know, how to sit in a group and, and how to, you know, how not to kind of fall off the back or what's going to make you more comfortable in riding in a group. And, teaching them about the bike. So they know a little bit more about the, you know, vehicle that they're on. Um, and yeah, that was the kind of the beginning of ride or die. And then we kept those rides up once a month and then we just kept doing more and more and more and more. And now, now we're 47 women on the race team and 500 women have uh, joined one of our rides. So at least one of our rides. Are you pretty localized there in Boulder then, Boulder, Denver area? Most of our riders come from Denver. And mm -hmm. I, I think that's just because Boulder caters to people that um, are kind of at that intermediate level already. So in Denver doesn't have that, you know, straight access outside your door to go hit any trail you want. So most of our riders come from Denver. We've had a few from Fort Collins um, within an hour surrounding we have not branched outside of Colorado yet. I love it. Um, is that yet a key word? Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had several <laughs> questions that came up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have plans, but right now I'm just trying to figure out how to manage what we have going on right now. But I think if there's a need in Boulder or Colorado, then there's probably a need in every cycling pocket around the country. Mm. Yeah. And then do you do, how often do you do those rides? Cause that's a lot to manage all levels of riders. Um, and I think that's sometimes what gets people overwhelmed from starting is like, how do I do this every week? Or, you know, how do I manage this? It does. I think, I mean, I don't know how it happened. Um, I joke with the girls on the team. So you know, I run it, but I have a, an amazing support group behind me and the people who help with the community. So we're kind of separated into two. So we have the, the race team and the community. And you can think of the race team as the ambassadors for the community. And those people, when they sign on, kind of have to be drinking the same Kool-Aid that I'm drinking when it comes to what community means to them. So um, we do the collective rides once a month. We, use, we did a ride called Saturdays are for the girls. That's kind of our tagline. Um, almost every Saturday, as often as we could do it. If I was at a race, definitely called a friend. Um, it is a lot to manage, but I think at the end of the day, the, the culture we've created and the joy that you see on like these women's faces when they leave our ride or just feel that they, they've either met a friend or feel more comfortable makes everyone want to like come back and help. So even our top tier racers, some of our women are pro racers, still the community is such a part of them that they'll chip in, you know, a couple times a year, or I have some women who are more focused on just community. So they'll help lead those rides every single month. And that's the biggest thing that they want to be a part of. 
So it's a lot to manage, um, but it's doable if, if you want to make change. Yeah. Well, I think like that's important to the culture because that's the sense I've gotten. I know a lot of people in Boulder and it does have a very high performance um, ask like a lot of pros go there because they want to race and train. So then like, how did you help create a culture that people felt comfortable showing up and not being intimidated? Cause they were like, is this going to be, who's going to win the group ride? Yeah. Well, I'm not going to lie. We still have people that want to win the group ride. And sometimes I am that jerk that likes <laughs> crush my friends. And then my friends also like to crush me all the time. So mm-hmm. it goes both ways. Um, I think starting with, I think starting with the women's only ride, because the, the comments that I kept hearing were, oh, you know, my, my wife or my partner, or my friend is always getting dropped. Um, and I think just creating a space where people feel that, you know, they have similar kind of walks of life. Um, that's what drew them in and then not allowing, um, which is a lot of just, uh, oh, I don't know the correct terminology, but, but not allowing things to get out of hand, not allowing the pace to get pushed, um, being clear with what the expectations Mm -hmm. are. So a lot of backend work on, you know, what we think the miles per hour is going to be based on what the terrain is. And now we've kind of opened up to be able to cater to some of those people who do want to push the pace that we'll do a drop ride if you join the A. But part of that policy is you have to understand how to get back and you have to know like basic bike skills and basic group riding skills. Yeah. I think that's, that's really, it's interesting because I was just, I just had this whole conversation with Amy Ross down in um, Bentonville over some of their women's gravel group rides. And, you know, she was talking to me about what we do here in Emporia. And I'm thinking, and like the, the key the first line of it is that communication piece. Like, although you want the rides to be inclusive, not everyone can do all the rides. And so really understanding what, what the rides look like and being able to communicate that back to the audience so that you can choose the spot where you best fit is, is really key. Like if you, you know. Yeah. If you show up to Wednesday Night Worlds here, you're going to be dropped. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's so, it's so much about terminology. I mean, uh, I I've had so many friends say, man, I thought it was a t-shirt ride that I was showing up to. And I was like, yeah, but you better wear your most like arrow t-shirt you freaking have to hang on to that group. So it is about just clear expectations, putting it out there. And, and that's been a lot of, you know, trial and error because yeah. you, of course you want everyone to fit in all the time. But the reality is that's just not how it goes. Um, so I just try to sprinkle in a ride at least throughout the year that will help everyone, not like everyone all together, but you know, some faster paced people, some people that don't know how to clip in, um, whatever that looks like. So yeah, that that's definitely key. Attitude is key and remembering why you do something is key there's such a small percentage of people who are going to excel and be, you know, so on, so professional or some of them are professional, but that term is very loose, I think in gravel racing and in racing in general. Um, but I think just kind of understanding, like, you know, that's not going to happen for you. Like I always joke with the girls. I'm like, that may be a dream, 
but that dream's done. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over, I'm over that probably age range or whatever that may look like. Maybe I'm not, I don't want to, you know, play age as, as some kind of factor, but it's just not going to happen for everyone. And that's okay too. You can still go push as hard as you want and you can still, you know, fight for it. But, but I think it's important to just like sit back and, and figure out why you're on a bike and what are the parts that you enjoy. And for me, it's chatting with friends and drinking beer after usually. Yeah. I've been to that, but I went to that bike shop when I was there and it was fantastic. I went and, um, just one night set at the bar uh, yeah. and hung out and just chatted with some people in the area. So I, I love that there's that kind of gathering spot. And I think that's, that's another thing I've seen that can be really powerful on group rides. If you have a good gathering spot afterwards, because yeah. that's where a lot of relationships happen. Even if it's like, you don't end up riding with those people, like you just get to hang out and get to know people. Um, and it breaks down the barriers too. I think sometimes that part can always be no drop. <laughs> yeah. The beer drinking is no drop. Exactly. We do. Um, well, I mean, unless you put a contest in there, <laughs> I, I mean, we, of course we can make it, we yeah. can make it competitive. <laughs> you can make anything competitive. Remember that. No. Um, yeah, we, we actually did, uh, throughout the year, I kept realizing I'm always trying to think, you know, how we can stay relevant, how we can get our name out there, whatnot. So I was noticing that a lot of people had weekly rides, which is something that I kind of took off the calendar just because I got a full-time job and I didn't think I could commit to that, but I said, we're going to commit to that. So we started a weekly ride from full cycle called that other gravel ride because everyone else had a different name for their rides. And I was just like, this sounds witty and kind of funny and also kind of pokes fun at some of the other rides. Um, that ride was the best thing that we have probably done. We opened it up to everyone. So, you know, all our male counterparts and friends could come. It was, you know, an hour and a half max. And then we did trivia afterwards. And we would usually do two different groups. Um, and the kind of bonding and stuff that happens after riding that community piece, it's just like, it's the best. You could, you know, hate someone on the ride or be like, man, they were riding my wheel the entire time or like they were drafting. And then you like sit down and I'll just kind of talk about how much fun and, and that's what brings joy to me. Um, and we've had plenty of people also date each other on those rides. So it's a great, you know, it's the modern <laughs> bumble. It's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> We're a connector in a bunch of ways. I love, well, that kind of brings up, um, I noticed on your website and like with your relationship with the bike shop, like you've created some really good partnerships, which I think if people are thinking about starting group rides, that's another thing that's really important is like finding the right partners to do things with. How did, how did you do that? Like, how'd you find the people? Whew. Yeah. Um, it kind of spiraled. So one, the first partnership that reached out to us, um, was a hydration company. And they were uh, fantastic to work with. They kind of said, hey, you know, I heard what you're doing. My friend was um, supported by them. She was a sponsored triathlete by them. He said, hey, we kind of hear what you're doing, you know, and we think it's great and we want to be a part of it. And they opened their doors. They produced our kits. They allowed us that place to be our home base for our uh, start and finish to all of our rides. And it was a perfect um, jumping stone. And then my, one of my close friends, um, decided that she believed in me and us enough to be our title sponsor, um, which I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'd never want to get into business with a friend, 
And then I kind of realized it was like the best thing ever because we're mo- they're the most like blunt people. No one's going to be passive at any moment. So um, Real Realty Colorado was our title sponsor last year. Um, and that's ran by, <clears throat> sorry, Zana Leiferman, who um, was also a athlete, still is an athlete. She's amazing. She just has, she just had a one-year-old. She just ran a 50k race over um trail and she's just like superwoman so she she believed in us and then it just kind of started happening um i feel like started happening takes away all the work and how many emails i sent out <laughs> so by it started happening i basically stopped my w2 job at five o'clock and then from about five to ten o'clock i would just fire away and say hey this is what we're about this is you know who we stand for you want to talk and most people wanted to talk it was hard to find the ground in the cycling industry when it came to what they could give us when you know production is over uh oversold on so many um items and so um yeah i guess it's a lot of work is what that does but now looking at our 2022 sponsors i am ecstatic for who we have on board and our goal ultimately is to have a fully support fully woman supported team. So 2023, 2024, that would be the goal. Um, we just got a new title sponsor that I can't officially say, not that anyone's, you know, looking at our Instagram every day, dying to know who it is, but you know, until, until it's all set in stone and those kits are, are revealed, I, I won't say, but um, it's an amazing company ran by a woman CFO and she just totally digs what we do. Um, Zana is also going to be another sponsor on the team. One of our writers is a hairstylist and she has her own extension business. She was like, you know what, I'll put my money where I believe. And I think this will help us. And so she is a sponsor as well. <clears throat> another woman in the cycling industry who owns, um, an eyeglass company. So it's, it's all kind of connected. It's usually people that I've met riding out on the road or had some kind of conversation with, or to be honest, the unbound shakeout ride that Christy kind of called me up about was a huge door opener for us. So met a lot of people through that during that entire weekend at unbound. Um, and that changed where we stand today. Yeah. Those are great. I think a lot of times people don't think about, there's a lot of resources in your local community. Like you talked about real estate, like Mm -hmm. they like to sponsor things or local businesses and that they write it off as a marketing expense. Like a logo is on your kit and your website. So not to be afraid to go to those and then finding like a local bike shop, because then if you're leaving from a bike shop, they're like, well, somebody's going to buy something typically every week. (laughs) Exactly. Especially if you're hanging out afterwards or you have some draw before, I think I could do a one-on-one on, on starting an amateur team on, on, on the do's and don'ts. I feel like at this point, but yeah, local communities and, and, to be honest, you, your mind immediately goes to like cycling brands, but cycling brands for the most part, um, you know, I'm not a professional rider are offering discounts or free product, but really what gets us off the ground is money. And those are businesses outside of the industry. Most often people who are looking to, um, contribute to their local community. Yep. Did you start an LLC for the team then to be able to take that? I did. Yes. So it's a ride or die collective. 
to Rider Die Collective started selling uh, recycled Harley Davidson clothes like five years ago, and I've just held on to it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's like it's not in most states. It's really easy to start an LLC, and it's not very expensive. <laughs> and then you're able to like not run all that money through your checking account. I think I had eleven at one point. That's how easy it was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. My friend who's a realtor, every time he buys a rental house, he's like, oh, put an LLC on that house. Like, a new LLC, so. Yeah, it, Colorado makes it super easy um, to have an LLC. And now we're now we're dabbling with the nonprofit too, seeing what that could look like, a nonprofit component to our organization. That's a little more complicated to start than an LLC. <laughs> I'm noticing. I worked in the nonprofit world for a long time, but yeah, like to get, for people to get started. And then if you have an LLC, you can open a business checking account. Like there's a ton that you can do. So we have a checking account. So we, we checked that box. Yeah. <laughs> it's so official. You're it's like, official. Yeah. It's sometimes sad when I look at the checking account, but yet. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, whenever you're building something, you realize how many expenses come out of your own pocket, right? Oh, like, yeah. We just started, like, turning the corner to bring some income in with gravel, but it's, I mean, I'm still at probably thousands of dollars in deficit over what I've spent from starting this, which is fine. Like, it's my passion. I love it. It's fine. But it's just funny because a lot of times people assume that we have a lot of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm checking out. Mostly when I did not have full-time employment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's tricky. It is tricky. And you don't even think about some of like the one-off expenses. I mean, I probably spent thousand dollars in beer just for post rides to make, to get people to stay around, to talk about what we're doing. Um, so, but you're right. It is passion. And it's like, where else am I going to spend my money? This is what I want to do. Yeah. Well, we know who we're hanging out with when we go to Colorado, Christy. <laughs> Rebecca by the beers. <laughs> I know. I feel like I sound like a complete drunk. I'm like, I love a good beer after a ride. I've spent thousands of dollars on. I'll buy you beer. (laughs) Come hang out with me. I need people to hang out with me while I drink my beer. I can make beer drinking a competition. (laughs) This podcast is sponsored by beer. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. It's pretty on brand for me. So that's (laughs) And you do have really good beers in Colorado. So there's true. We do. We do. It was a, it was a Colorado plug. That's all. Colorado. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> For uh, sure. I think the riding in Boulder, I just got to ride a little bit there with a friend of mine who actually comes to some of your rides. Um, but it, the riding is just so nice. And there's some really gravel courses that you don't kill yourself on riding, especially coming, you know, I was coming from up to altitude, even though Boulder's not that high, but still, it was nice that you could find something that wasn't just like tons and tons of climbing with really nice gravel out by the reservoir. And I ha- actually, I have no idea where I am, but I know there was a reservoir at one point. No, you sounded like you are local. Yeah. So you <laughs> it. Great job. Um, the riding here is amazing. I will say that I haven't outside of racing um, or, you know, riding around where my mother lives in California. I have not uh, dabbled too much, but I live in Central Boulder. The red, I hit every light basically. So it's very close to me. Um, and then we do have a bunch of climbing, which oh, is my internet is saying unstable. Mm-hmm. You cut out for just a second, but then you came right back in from where you were talking. So I think it's fine. Okay. It's fine. okay. 
Okay, perfect. Um, so yes, riding here is approachable for everyone. You can climb the mountains kind of forever, or you can weave your way in and out of gravel roads for, oh man, I've done a hundred miles on flat gravel roads around here. Super easy, no, not a lot of traffic. I won't say no traffic, not a lot of traffic. One thing I want to get better about next year though is my favorite type of riding is up in the mountains, canyon style riding. But I also can't expect that everyone wants to climb 7,000 feet in a couple hours and think that's a fun time. So um, I'm gonna get better with my friends and not always, not always climb. Uh, ben Pickle actually jokes mm. about our team rides. He goes, oh, where are you guys going today? Gold Hill, Netherland, which are all thousands and thousands. That's of where I always get taken whenever I come out there to ride. I'm like, really? Like, there's something about being the, you know, in, involved in Unbound that whenever I go to ride with somebody, they're always like, let me show you how I can kill you today. <laughs> I'm like, I don't need, I, I, sometimes I can just like, I like to just go ride my bike. I don't need to have the epic experience <laughs> every time. Like, oh yeah. I know, but they have the cutest little, you know, ride stops. Oh, they are. It's really cool. I agree. The other thing too, it's so different from coming from Kansas where we say it's death by a thousand paper cuts. You know, it's just like hill, 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 which I've never understood. Like, I don't, I, I, I like climbing, but like doing that epic climb and it taking like two hours and then you're back down in 30 minutes. I know, I know. Like, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> I think it's so much easier though. And it's probably just like, you know, what you're saying. It is. It is. It is. Cause there's a pinnacle and then there's the reward where yeah, it, and you're done. Exactly. And that's the best part of it. Like, why do you like to climb? Everyone's like, cause I like to descend. So, um, the rollers, I didn't even know what rollers were. And I was like, okay, whatever. We're going to like speed bump it for a while. Oh boy. <laughs> nope. That is not the case. <laughs> yeah at some point with the rollers you're like oh my god will it ever end <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't end <laughs> i actually just take this to hill a... and then it's going to be flat or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just listened to isabel king on um the gravel ride podcast and uh she was talking about uh, how, how, like she had asked colin strickland how do i get better for unbound and he goes don't live here because she lives in california where she just does a ton of climbing um and, and he was like, you're, you you're descending too much. Like you've mm -hmm. got to, you've got to do like more of this, this roller stuff. And she, she had just gotten a coach and he said, um, so you coasted 500 hours last year. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, want to look. she's like, okay, I really love the climbing and the descending. But then when I think about it, like that's 500 hours I could have been training. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I definitely could have, uh, had some roller experience for Unbound and then also uh, Big Sugar. Mm -hmm. I was like, those, those I would say were small climbs. Like, I, I don't even want to say rollers. I don't even think it's fair. That no, Big Sugar's that. punchy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But my Garmin would tell me, you have 12 of 17 left. And I'm like, thanks, excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I didn't know it came to do intervals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's fun. Yeah. Well, uh, do you all ride through the winter as well? Or just kind of like come and go as the weather comes and goes out there? I said, we weren't going to ride through the winter. I was like, this is a time to rest and regroup and plan for the next year. 
And then the Rafa, the festive 500 came around. I said, Oh, of course we'll volunteer. We'll help. We'll help. We'll do that. So then I'm getting everyone to go outside when it's 20 degrees and ride, you know, 500 kilometers in seven days. And then I was like, okay, we're done there. You know, we don't need a ride anymore. And then another opportunity came up and I said, Hey guys, let's get the band back together. We got to get out there again. Um, so yeah, we ride all year, but not, not like I would say what our in season, our in season is March to October. That's when we're consi consistently have the big collective ride once a month. We have our Wednesday ride and then we have our Saturdays are for the girls sprinkled in, um, throughout the year. But I like to think that we all love bikes. So why not ride as much as possible? Yeah, I guess. And I don't ski. So that's why I ride. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Some other people have other hobbies. I'm, I'm okay at one thing. I'll take it. Well, where are we going to see you lining up this year? Oh boy. I just printed that out to request PTO actually. Um, you will see me first at unbound. Well, you know, maybe I guess I'll learn tomorrow. You learn tomorrow. Oh, oh yeah. I, I hear that women have a I, yeah. better chance of getting I never get, Yeah. I mean, I know I'm the chosen one, so I'll probably get in, but um, <laughs> I'm going to do an opener before then. What that's going to be, I have no clue. Maybe go to it, Colorado to Utah race. I did that last year. It was fun. It's a bunch of washboards um, and it's kind of weather pending. So that unbound, I'm going to do Crusher. I'm actually going to be doing a woman's panel called Ladies Who Crush. Mm. I'm stoked about at Crusher. And then... Uh, Robidoux Rendezvous in Nebraska. Like everyone else, they added another distance, you know, 100 wasn't enough, 165 we had to add this year. I said, great, sign me up. Uh, Big Sugar, I'll do Rooted Vermont, actually. Oh, I am so excited, predominantly just to ride in Vermont. Um, and I've heard it's like a cycle cross course. So I think I like to get muddy. I like to look like I just went to war. When I finish a race, um, Steamboat Gravel, Gravel Worlds, and something else. It's a full calendar. A full year. Yeah. You know, year two, why not go after it again? So. I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, I'll definitely be at Rooted. Yay. Okay. Awesome. I'm, yeah, we have, boy, we have 10 girls, which I'm so surprised, all from Colorado, 10 to 12 girls heading to Rooted. So that will kind of be our first, like team travels, what I used to call it, you know, when I was a kid, team travel race, we'll have to figure out how to put the bikes in a box and we'll get it out there. That'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All good things. I'm going to circle back to Crusher really quick. Cause yeah. that, that was uh, not a lottery event. We just opened Reg yesterday and it sold out in an hour 10, which was awesome. That's insane. Um, but we are low on women again. Really? So, yeah. So um, I'd love to kind of brainstorm with you around that and maybe even pickle would pick your brain about it, but we were kind of talking about it. Michelle Duffy and I were talking about it all, you know, offline. Um, but it's just, it, to me, it's just proof that as many women, the initiatives are, that are out there, we still, we're still not, I mean, it sold out in an hour and 10 minutes but that's plenty of time to get on. It wasn't like four minutes, like big sugar was where yeah. 
I mean, that was just whatever. That was luck of the draw. This this had an opportunity to get signed up, um, but it was still low. So, um, I. But yeah, I mean, that's that that's crazy. That I I don't know too much about it. I wanted to do it last year. I will mm -hmm. say the terrain does sound scary. Well, you're gonna like it. Well, because it's straight up. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, you're going to, I think you're, you're going to really like that course if you really like to climb. Um, and I know we've kind of, we've toyed around the idea of a shorter distance out there just because of the intimidation factor. Um, but. Well, it sounds you know, like I everybody's just, like, I wish I would have signed up for Crusher, email Christine. Yeah. <laughs> you just, yeah, no, if you're, if you are hearing this and you, and you're like, well, crap, I didn't even know that opened. Um, what are. Sure. Yeah, I mean, twofold, I could see, I'm going to put on my marketing brain here, um, mm -hmm. but, you know, Unbound is the what everyone would call the big show, right? You don't have to do anything to get people to sign up or know about yeah. it. And you guys have opened up so many different uh, distances. Fantastic. You know, Crusher could be that. It just may be a little bit slower getting there. It just doesn't have that name as of yet. In Big Sugar, you know, Bittenville has the location. I'm just trying to, I'm spitballing here, but I, mm -hmm. I will listen. Like, I'd love to hear. This is a call to all women who know me. Um, I'd love to hear why they're not signing up. Even the women I will say on my team, the ones who are signed up are, are top tier um, female athletes who love to climb and who have been riding mm -hmm. like for a, a long time. Yeah. I'm just going to put a little, like, when your name starts with Crusher, it might sound a little intimidating. <laughs> it could be an intimidation factor. Yeah, there's that's it too. So anyway, and, and it might be, you know, it's kind of like we were talking about with the rides, you know, you can't, all races can't be all things to all people. Like that's just, that is, that is a thing. Um, and this one is, this one is, uh, it's a crusher. So yeah, aptly I named, but anyway, so. We talked, um, well, Hannah Shell, who lives in Boulder, mm -hmm. um, we have done, I, I knew her, we were both ambassadors at Full Cycle at the same time. So I basically started riding and I kind of heard of her and she was in crit racing at that time. And now she's, you know, this uh, gr gravel icon came out of nowhere and has been absolutely amazing. She said that race was terrifying. <laughs> there you go. You're selling it really hard right now. <laughs> But we'll get on your shoes and let's get out there, ladies. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some people will be up for. Yeah. If, if this is hitting your eardrums and it sounds like something you want to do, please let me know. So. Yeah, exactly. But not if you're a dude. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. <laughs> That's not true. We have like three dudes that listen to this podcast. That sounds really bad. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be bad. Back down. <laughs> Step off. Sorry. Well, you, the women's field is not very strong. So that's the reason. Um, it's strong. It's not very big. It's not very deep. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anywho. <laughs> so I, I saw that you were leading a panel there and I was like, who are we going to be talking to? Yeah. I don't know either. So I'm, that question's actually back to you. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree. I was like, okay, this is great. We're having a ladies panel. Who is she talking to? <laughs> well, I'm assuming, I mean, it's, well, the exciting thing too about this race is it's part of the Grand Prix. 
correct? Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I, you know, I'm, I'm, I was so excited when that Grand Prix came out. I was like, Ooh, cool. I'm like a student of the sport. I love watching cycling. I love the competition aspect strategy. So I, you know, I'm reading the, they have to start at five out of the six start lines, something mm -hmm. like that. They, that they, can, they can forego one event. Okay. Which looking at the lineup, when I really dug in, I thought, eh, I bet, you know, some of them will probably not do a mountain bike an event, an event mm -hmm. a mountain bike event. Um, but I'm, I'm also thinking that Crusher could be one of those ones that maybe some people sit out, but I'm hoping not because I feel like that's exciting to see all of them go out there and kind of like how they stack up. And it will be fun to see who can climb really well and who can descend and like the different skill sets along the different. Oh, races. I know. I'm like, I have my little like, um, fantasy, you know, I'm going to start a fantasy league for the ground. I, I want to start one too. We've been talking about doing that. Let's okay. Do we're going off on a whole other subject. It's moving away. I did have an idea Rebecca. while we were talking about this. I feel like Rebecca and lifetime should do a crusher camp for women. We've, camp. I mean, that's not, that's not a new idea. Sorry. That, <laughs> that idea is definitely out there. Have you um, done it with Rebecca before? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got a whole network of women. Yeah. That might be excited about that. Like she's got the network of women. Yeah. But I already said I'm a okay. with her, you know, we'll make it happen. I just okay. want jerseys that say ladies who crush on the back. Yeah. They can have lifetime on the front, but ladies who crush on the back. I love it. It's done. Okay. Done. In your mouth. I'll send oh, you I'll send about you. where to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. People, we got really off track. Sorry about I, that. We've now created a new camp. <laughs> God. all right well Rebecca if people want to find you yes. and maybe can ride with you or not um <laughs> or maybe not or have, a, or or have your, a beer or have a beer with you and maybe ride with some of your other friends <laughs> don't like yeah. to climb as much um how can they find you in the ride or die collective um yeah so they can find us on instagram our handle is ride or die collective and then on our website I will say I haven't been that great at updating rides because they're pretty sporadic, but that will be updated very shortly at riderdie.org. So that website has all of our information. If they're interested about joining the team, there's an application there. If they're interested about our community events, what our purpose is, just to get some really cool photos, who our sponsors are, all that information lies there. Um, I'll probably also put up where our girls will be racing. So one thing oh, we always, yeah, like to do is kind of, Say, hey, we're going to be here if, you know, you just want someone to line up next to you at the front or if you want someone to help look over your bike, that's a fantastic way to do it. We do have our own bike mechanic, which is like something that most amateur teams do not have. So we're super lucky. He's going to hate that I'm plugging that now, just opening it up to everyone. Bring your bike by. We'll fix it 10 minutes before the race. But um, <laughs> your team will be the most popular place to be. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a really fun conversation. Thank you. Yeah, it was lovely. And I can't wait to see you, see you at Rooted and, and Unbound and all the races and hopefully riding together at some point this year. Awesome. You have been listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at Live Feisty Media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast and be sure to follow us at girls gone gravel on Instagram or Facebook.